Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. And this is another power-packed chapter, uh, and so we'll take two weeks on this chapter, but it's really, uh, when you get to verse 18, talking about the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit on Sundays. And uh, how many's been enjoying that and receiving from God? Amen. People are getting filled every single week, guys, with the Holy Spirit, refilled, delivered. I mean, there is awesome things happening in those altars. Uh, and at home, watching online, uh, it's, we're hearing from them. Uh, and I have some testimonies lined up for this Sunday. And again, if you're here tonight or uh, listening to this podcast and you've got a testimony that God has done something recently, uh, through this, uh, through the Holy Spirit, let us hear about it. As I'm going to read them Sunday, this is Pentecost Sunday. This Sunday, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, or you need to get refilled, there's more. How many know there's more? There, there's a, if you've been filled, that's not a one-time thing. It is a, it, I mean, you're going to see tonight, this is the scripture for the idea of being refilled and refilled and refilled. This scripture in eight, verse 18 is where we get that from. You can get filled again this uh, Sunday. I don't intend on preaching a long message this Sunday. We are going to have a lot of altar time this Sunday, and we're not having an outpouring worship night this year. Instead, we're going to do it on a Sunday. It's going to be different, but uh, different is good. Amen? I got a message on the back burner. When the Spirit comes, church goes. Don't amen me too much. I'll preach it right now. But anyway, that's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. When the Spirit comes, church goes. When the Spirit comes church goes, and we need the moving of the Holy Spirit to continue. We need it bad in this hour. You need, I need more, all we can get from God to make it in this, in this day we're living in. Ephesians 5, Paul is writing to the uh, church there in Ephesus. Ephesus is a wild city, crazy. He thought uh, some of the places in our country is crazy. This is like the red light district right here. This and Corinth are one of the two uh, worst cities as far as crime, Sexual immorality, wildness, uh, you can name it. These are the two cities. And right in the middle of both cities, Paul the Apostle says, this is a good place to plant a church. And Ephesus was, um, they worshipped a a Greek goddess. Uh, There was a meteor that fell from uh, the sky, and so they thought it was the Princess Diana. They worshipped it uh, and began to make a temple out of it. There's a lot of paganism there with it. And the home was totally... um, chaotic and and had no order. So that's why he addresses the home in the second part of this chapter. But we want to focus on the first chapter. Just a couple of things as we go starting in verse 1, chapter 5. He begins to say, uh, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us. So I love the first part. He says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God as dear children. In other words, be like your heavenly father. You know, it's very common for us to emulate and imitate our parents. Many of us go into the same field, the same occupation. It's very common to do that. Growing up, uh, a little kid, usually your first hero is your dad. Uh, That's just how it is. And so we want to emulate them and follow their example. And and, uh, so here he is telling us for us to be like our heavenly daddy, to be like God. He's going to explain what that means. But he says, be like dad, be like are your heavenly, be imitators of God. Isn't that go totally against the other mindset that we are just defeated sinners? 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we're broken. we got a sin nature. But nowhere are are we told to celebrate that. And if you celebrate that and if you get stuck in that, you'll live that way. But if you read scriptures like this that tell us to aim higher, man. Aim higher. you got the Spirit of God in you. Be like God. That's what he's saying. Imitate God as dear, dear children. Be like your heavenly Father. That's a good way to start off this chapter. He's telling them. And then he explains what that is. Walk in love. So the first part of this chapter is about walking in love. As Christ also loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a sweet smell and aroma. So when we walk in love, when we walk in the agape love, the, the God kind of love, we, um, it comes before God like a sweet smell and aroma. He looks and he says, I am pleased with that. I, I, I am blessed by that. Like in the Old Testament, they would have sacrifices. They would burn incense, and that was a type of worship. Well, in the New Testament, the way we live our life comes up before God as a fragrance of either good or bad. That's what he's saying here. So he says, let God smell a good fragrance from us. How do you do that? By having a good attitude, by walking in love. And then he starts giving some bullet points again, very practical things of what not to do. So this is what we do not do. And he goes right into it. But fornication in all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you. Listen to that. Don't even let it be named among you as, as it's not fitting for the saints to do that. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather give thanks. So he's telling us, you know, don't, let's not participate in, in all of these things. And he says there about being an uh, idol worshiper, for this you know that no fornicator, and watch this, verse 5, or unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Man, that's very strong, but he's just bringing it. He says, let no one deceive you with empty words. No matter what people tell you. For because of these things, the wrath of God uh, comes upon the sons of disobedience. So backing up to verse 4 and 5, he lists these. He says, don't be, you know, uh, vulgar and crude. Now, he's not talking about not joking. Uh, I love to joke. A lot of people love to joke and have a sense of humor. I think a sense of humor is good. Another scripture verse says that laughter works like a medicine. How many know it's fun to be around people that are funny and cracking jokes? And Sometimes we get too wound up and too tight. Uh, we need a good laugh. I love to be around people that makes me laugh. And, uh, and I hope you do that too. But here he's not talking about just laugh. He's talking about that crude, vulgar uh, humor. How many know some people maybe at work that everything that you say or everything that someone says, it's taken in a perverted way? How many know people like that? Uh, I know I, work with, I used to work with guys like that. I used to be that guy. Everything was at a perverted slant. There's a scripture in Titus that says to the... Um, unbeliever in the impure heart, everything is impure. But to the pure in heart, everything is pure. Think about that. And there, we all know what's out there in the life. I mean, everything is spun to a dirty joke, you know. Everything is, is vulgar and crude. You know, you hear these jokes, you know, hey, that's what she said. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. You've been around people like that. They always make, he's saying that kind of stuff is not fitting for Christians to talk like that. You see, this is just basic Christianity 101 right here. People, you know, we sung this song earlier. I was thinking of this in worship. Lead, lead me, Holy Spirit, you know, fill my heart. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. Remember we were just singing that? And then we always pray. How many ever prayed this? Lord, lead me into your will. How many ever prayed that? Lead me into your will. You know what I'm reading to you right now? 
exactly his will. It's not real spiritual. We think it's about, you know, being a man of faith or woman of faith, casting out devils. No, no. It's, let's not be vulgar. Let's clean up our mouth. Let's clean up our attitude. You see how, that's what Paul is saying. He's, he's not saying anything other than this is how we are to live as Christians. And you know what? If you go to any of the New Testament letters, they all have a list like this. Colossians 3. I used to have my youth leadership team read Colossians 3 uh, whenever they joined the leadership team uh, when we were in youth ministry and, and, and write a summary on Colossians chapter 3. It's just very practical, holy living, how to conduct ourselves. Because I wanted to get it into the leadership that, you know, how we live matters. Joke, have a good time. I love to have a good time. But there are some things that are not fitting for Christians. And he says that twice in these two scriptures. You know, it's just not fitting to be vulgar and to be dark. And, you know, you're not like that. And, and um, then he goes on and he talks about being um, filled with covetousness. Okay. Then he says, boldly, those that live that kind of life obviously don't have the love of God in their hearts. Don't really know the Lord. So for living like that. We really don't know the Lord. Here's another thing I've noticed in my life. As I got closer to the Lord, even some of that kind of humor and even that kind of content actually turns me off. Not as a self-righteous way, but something in my heart just goes, hmm. Remember the previous chapter we read, don't grieve the Holy Spirit? You see, what that's what's going on. If you are ever in a conversation and you're watching something or you're listening to something and it just feels like someone is just dumping something all over you. You ever feel that feeling? That's the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? Let's exit this conversation. Let's exit that. In fact, I think that's in one of these verses here where he talks about being filthy. Uh, rather, filthiness, verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking. That word filthiness means that if you've ever been in a conversation like that where someone like dumps, like you just need to go take a bath. You know what I'm saying? You ever been around somebody like that and they just like just puke on you, just words and it's just nasty stuff. That's the wrong spirit to be in. And again, he's saying, as Christians, that's not fitting for us. We shouldn't be that way. But in the previous chapter, last week we learned, we should be what? Building one another up. Building one another up. Uh, if you get mad and you want to vent, my Pastor Brown used to say, go out and throw a rock, Eddie. Go in the woods and go throw a rock somewhere. That was his word. Go, go just yell at some trees somewhere. But don't take it out on people. And we are good for that. That's, that's some, and sometimes the ones closest to us feel our wrath. Amen? And that is, again, not fitting. So we have the Holy Spirit. This is all leading up to verse 18. I'm preparing you. And Paul is just giving some very strong, basic content of being a Christian. This is why when we read our Bibles regularly, you come across this. And as you read this, you're confronted with, oh, hmm, okay, I need to maybe adjust the way I talk. And the more you read this, you start changing and you're growing and you're becoming more like Christ. Anybody with me tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. Then he goes on, for you do not know, we're not in here at the kingdom. Okay, go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I'm just going to keep going. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Uh, because you once, you once were in darkness, but now you are in light. So he first starts talking about walking in love. Now he's talking about walking in light. You are now in the light. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
And then I love this, verse 10. He says this twice. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Like I was, all that stuff I was mentioning to you earlier. I've learned what to say and what not to say the hard way. <laughs> uh, you say something, you, you, if you go too far, the Holy Spirit will let you know. Amen? Uh, I, I'll never forget, I had this young kid in our youth group who got saved, and I was so happy. He was coming right off the street, got saved, and he was working at a restaurant. He was a cook, and he was on fire for God for like three weeks in a row, which is huge in teenage world. And he was on fire for the Lord. And then that fourth week, I remember he came, he sat in the back, he was late. He was just not engaged in anything. He was just, his countenance was so sad. His head was on. I was like, what is going on? After the youth meeting, I went back there and I said, hey, man, what's going on? And he said, man, I just, I messed up bad. I said, what happened? He goes, I'm, I can't be a Christian. I said, oh, this is serious. I said, what happened? He said, I was at work, man, and I, I burned my hand and I cussed. You know, and I have a bad sense of humor. I was like, oh, no. I was like, man, God is, that's God, and you burned your hand. You know, in the youth ministry, they're like, sarcasm can either kill you. <laughs> and uh, his face was like, oh, no. And I said, no, no, no. I said, what happened? And he got emotional, and this guy began to just sit there, and because he got mad and he, and he swore, he felt like he did the abominable sin. He, he did the unpardonable sin. And I talked to him, and I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, how did you feel when you did that? He said, man, I felt so bad. And I said, well, what's the difference? I said, did you used to cuss a lot before you started coming to church? He goes, oh, man, every day, every, every other word. I said, well, what's the difference? He looked at me. He knew what I was saying. Light bulbs came on. He said, yeah, I felt like it was normal before, but now I felt like it was something bad. I said, that's proof, not that you walked away from God, but that's proof that you're walking with God. Because if you're walking with me and you trip or if you do something to offend me and you hurt me, I'm going to tell you because we're together. If you do something and I'm not around, I don't even know when you did it. But you're walking with the Holy Spirit. And when you mess up, the job of the Holy Spirit is to tell you, hey. And that's called conviction, by the way, not condemnation. Lights came on, and the kid ended up using that up. That was a moment for him to grow. But you know what? That's like stuff we learn when you first get saved. But that's for us older Christians, too. When you walk with the Lord, we are, walk, we are called to walk as children of the light. And the Holy Spirit tells us to find out what's acceptable to the Lord. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Find out what, what, what honors God and what don't. So that's what he's talking about in chapter 5. Um, keep going. And then he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful uh, works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. This is, again, this is Ephesus, a wild town. And they had a lot of things that were going on, and that's what he's talking about there. But how I many know that re that's pretty relevant for today? It's even shameful to talk about some of the things that are happening. But he says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. That's a really deep scripture right there, by the way, that you can really study that at another time. But whatever brings something to light is actually of God. Sometimes what we think is a bad thing. Uh, but if it has brought an area and exposed an area of growth in your life, it is a good thing. It's actually from God. That's pretty deep. Think about that. Write that down. Think about that. Something in your life that has happened and exposed an area, an attitude, an air, uh, uh, like tipping a cup. When the cup is full, 
You tip that cup just to see what's going to come out, what's going to come out of it. And God will tip our cup many times because he's wanting us to grow. And that's what this whole letter is about, Ephesians. Then he says, therefore, he says, awaken, this is an Old Testament. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly there in the Greek, it means to walk carefully as though you're walking through a thorn bush. You are walking carefully as though a thorny terrain. So you are like wanting to be, be careful of the way you live your life. And now let me just read the next few verses here in the Living Translation. I love the new Living Translation on this. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. I love that first verse. So be careful how you live, period. <laughs> Isn't that good advice? Be careful how you live, Christian, period. Take heed to how you live your life. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Hear it again. Second time, he's saying, understand what God wants you to do. Sometimes we're saying, God, just show me. God's saying, just learn. Show me what to do. I'm trying to learn, teach you this. Learn what's, what's going on in your life. Pay attention. Self-aware, right? Isn't self-aware such a valuable skill? Isn't self-awareness a valuable skill? You ever walk in a grocery store or a fast food place and somebody is up there just going off on somebody and they just think that they're the only one in the restaurant? Please don't let that be a Christian. Amen? But that is someone who is totally not self-aware. We, we know that. God is saying be self-aware. Sometimes the things that's going on in your life right now, that's me trying to show you and demonstrate something to you and teach you something. But anyway, he says here, don't be thought, learn what the Lord, now look at verse 18. I love it in the New Living Translation. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled. Everybody say, be filled. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, I love that. I just want to focus on that for the rest of our time. Now, we're talking about this on Sundays, is, being, is the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm probably going to end up using this in a couple of weeks on a Sunday. So you'll hear it twice. Amen. But uh, there's a lot more other stuff that I'll share then if I do say this. But this is a hallmark classic scripture. Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin your life. Almost when you read this... It's almost disrespectful that Paul would use something ungodly as alcohol and drunkenness to compare to the Holy Spirit. But Paul is a very educated man, very educated. In fact, it's, it's a wonder why he wasn't called to be to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he had his doctorate in theology. Instead, God says, take your educated self and go to the Gentiles. You know who I'm sending to the higher upper class, the, the affluent family and the smart ones? A rugged fisherman named Peter. Isn't that how God does? God will pull you and me and put you in the most different place. I'm from Ecorse, and I'm pastoring a church in Van Buren. 
just way God does it. He just will put you in areas and places to stretch you so that you don't get too familiar with your surroundings. So if you're at a place at work and you're praying, God, get me out of this, it could be why God has put you right there for a reason. Number one, he's got faith that he can use you right where you are. And two, don't be so happy to ask God to get you out of there because he might have been preparing you all this time for that moment. Something to think about. But then Paul's very smart, but he uses this analogy about alcohol with being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you really think about the comparison, what do they call alcohol? You know, we got, I grow, grew up in e-course, but it's everywhere. You look on a side of bars and stuff. They say, come on in here. What's that one sign? We have foreign and domestic spirits. One guy said, as if we didn't have enough here, you got to go get the foreign ones too. But isn't that what this says on the bars and stuff? They're called, alcohol is called spirits. We all know about free spirits. And it's all, isn't it something like if this glass... This cup was filled with Jim Bean or Jack Daniels. The more of that I put into me, the more it will impact my behavior, my speech, my conduct. Right? Paul is saying, no, no, no I, want, I want you to see here. I want you to see something. I'm making this analogy because everyone could relate in those days and in these days being under the influence of alcohol. So Paul said, I'm going to use this. And he does this in chapter 6 when he's in prison and he's looking at a Roman soldier with all of the weapons. The Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, that's how a man of God is to be armed in the, in the spiritual warfare. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Jesus used this all the time in his teaching and parables. The kingdom of God is like the kingdom of God. So when God speaks to you, like I told you many, many times, I used to drive a truck for 15 years, and God used to give me revelation through traffic and through, I mean, if you keep your mind on God throughout the day, which, by the way, that's how our relationship is supposed to be. A religion just talks to God on Sunday, but a person that's got a relationship talks to him every day, right, which we do. It will be an ongoing conversation, like an ongoing text thread. Your prayer life should be an ongoing text thread to the Lord. He will speak to you in times like this. He will give you revelation. He'll give you insight. Amen. We know that. So here he's talking to Paul about alcohol. And he's saying that the more of, like I said, if you put the more of alcohol in your body, the more it will affect you. And he's saying, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I wonder that if... And the word filled there is what I wanted to really draw down on. In the Greek tense, it means to be filled and filled and refilled and refilled and refilled. Why? We've all heard of the old pastor Charles Wesley, Spurgeon. They've all said it is because we leak. So we need to constantly, constantly be filled. So maybe the problem, if, if, if this was filled with liquor, if you just drank a little bit of it. Again, I'm using the same analogy Paul did. Don't get offended. This is what Paul did, so let's run with it, because I know a thing or two about alcohol. It had a hold of my life for a long time. In fact, when I got saved, I worked for a wine company. I had a truck full of liquor, wine, and dessert wine, and, and all of that, and beer, and lager, and all of that. I knew all about alcohol. In fact, that was one of the first subjects I studied when I became a Christian. But here's the thing about alcohol. If I just got a little bit of this in me, it would impact me, but impact me just a little bit. We call it a buzz. And I wonder, spiritually speaking, if some of us Christians are not seeing a full, we're not fully under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. We just have a buzz of the Holy Spirit. And we wonder why we can't overcome certain things in our life. 
I think we would call them sipping saints. Ooh, I may title that message in a couple of weeks. Title of today's message is Sipping Saints. Somebody probably go, I can't, I've been waiting for him to preach on that. <laughs> no. I, and Paul, again, with this analogy is saying, same way with alcohol, you don't get the full um, impact unless you are filled with that stuff. But if you're filled with that stuff, it'll ruin your life. We know that. It'll, it's a very, the addictive and destructive nature of alcohol ain't no joke. Read Psalm or Proverbs 23. He who looks upon the wine as it swirls in a glass, be careful because it bites like a serpent. Your eyes will see strange things and your mouth will utter perverse things. And you'll be like the man that's tied to the mast of a sea, taking the waves onto you, waking up in the next morning and say, oh, when can I have another drink? If that does not describe an alcoholic, I don't know what will. I've broken that down many times and taught on that lesson, but we know that's, that's alcohol. But in the reverse metaphor, Paul is using an analogy of the Holy Spirit, saying you really want to see the impact of the Holy Spirit in your life, then be filled with the Spirit of God. And look what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The very next word. Look at the very next word. And do not be drunk with wine. New Living Translation says that will destroy your life. But be what? Five of you said it. Come on, wake up. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it look like when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? What's in the very next word? Speaking. The very first thing that the Holy Spirit impacts and affects in a believer's life is the thing that causes the most trouble in our life. Satan? The devil? This thing right here. There's a whole chapter or two chapters in the book of James just on that little thing in our mouth. It says it can catch a, a forest on fire. It can, it, it, can, it can cause it all kinds of... And it's the very first thing that the Holy Spirit uh, affects, speaking to one another. Isn't that something? Because when you have a lot of the Jack Daniels, you'll say stuff that you don't even know what you're saying. In fact, if you've got a relative or somebody under the influence, and you ever have that happen to someone at your party or barbecue and Uncle John shows up and he's the drunk and he comes out and he's like, blah, 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 and he's talking, don't understand a word he's saying. So his wife has to come and interpret what he's saying. So he's under the influence and you don't understand what he's saying. He has to have an interpreter to say what he's saying. Was Paul just... But yet so many Christians say, i got a problem with speaking in tongues. I don't want to be speaking. I want to speak only English to everybody. Well, you had no problem when you're drinking the Jim Bean and everyone else will understand what you're saying. I See why I need to preach it on Sunday, right? Amen? Amen? You hear me? You say, oh, I don't want to speak in tongues, Pastor Right? I'm going to be weird. Oh, you don't look weird when you're drunk? Oh, you don't look weird when you're out there thinking that you, in your mind you look like you're Michael Jackson throwing down, but really you're like his distant cousin that nobody really knows. Please don't beat it. Beat it up out of here, please, because you're embarrassing the entire family. But in your mind, you look like Eminem up there flowing like this, and you look like you're dancing, but in real life, you look like a fool. But it's okay. We, we hashtag, we TikTok it, we, we put it on Instagram, we brag about it. But when, I, when we come to church, Jesus is all you're going to get. Because I don't want to look crazy. You're a sipping saint. I think Paul knew what he was doing right here. I think Paul knew what he was doing, Gary. 
very first thing it affects is your speaking. Isn't that funny? Because every time that was baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. They prophesied. Speaking in tongues, that's a language that your spirit prays to God, which bypasses this. God uses this, the most deadliest thing on the planet, to bypass our biggest problem in the world to talk to God. And we think it's in the enemy. That's why he tries to put so much confusion, so much fear on it. But Paul calls it a beautiful love language that we pray with our spirit to God. But you won't experience it, and I won't experience it if we're just sipping. I should probably get a big sippy cup when I preach this. I'll get a big one. You guys know it. So when you see me walk up there with a sippy cup, you know where I'm going on Sunday. You go, oh, this is going to be good, or this is going to be crazy. Hold up. So, speaking, isn't that amazing? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs, by the way, that's your tongue language. Because you can write down, if you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. Tells us what spiritual songs is, and that is praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you're full of the Holy Spirit, not sipping, when you're full and then we learned, Kabar did such an awesome job a few weeks ago teaching, in order to get full, you got to get empty. Right? And so you get empty, but you don't stay empty. Don't stay empty. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> I'm all over the place with that. Amen. Be full of the Holy Spirit, and you'll make song, and it changes your tongue. Number, number two what else does it change your, what else does it affect? He says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the second thing that it affects, number one, is your tongue. Secondly, giving thanks. What's that? Your attitude. Your attitude. How many would admit we need an attitude adjustment sometimes? That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. I see those hands. Amen. The second thing that's impacted when we are full of the Holy Spirit is our attitude. And so the world, by the way, alcohol is a counterfeit. It really is. It's a counterfeit. I ran to that to feel peace. I ran to that to unwind. I ran to that to just loosen up. And, I've, you know, I've seen people change everything about them, the most quiet, shy person ever until they get some, what, what, what do we call it, liquid courage. And they're the most boldest, bravest person ever. I mean, I could go all night with these analogies. What does the Holy Spirit do? Give you boldness, power courage. Gary, you can't hold yourself right. He's, he's exploding. He's like, this is so good because we know what, this is exactly how we've lived our lives. That's exactly what Paul's talking about here. But it changes your attitude. By the way, when I got saved, I, went, I remember you have to fill out papers to keep your driver's license, your DOT, and it would ask you every time you go do that yearly physical, do you drink, do you smoke, do you do this? You know, everyone, yeah, usually, and I remember Two years now, I put no. And I remember my doctor, so I was 27 at the time because I got saved in my 20s. And so he's like, man, you don't drink? You don't smoke? I said, no, I was able to give that up. And he goes, uh, oh, wow, really? All the way? And I was like, yeah. And I began to witness and share with him about what God's done in my life. And he said, man, that's just so amazing. And he began to tell me some stuff about it. He said, you know, alcohol is a natural depressant. A doctor told me that. I said, it's a natural depressant? He said, it's a natural depressant. Why are we having such a problem today with people that are depressed and they run to that thing? It's increased during the COVID period, by the way. 
And this is why I believe we're having so much mental illness and hangs-ups and dep- because it's a natural depressant. No, they won't tell you that in a commercial where all the good-looking people are standing there with a beautiful glass of water ever, and they're making it so fun, and they're making you want to go drink it one day. They won't tell you at the very end that, you know, this is a natural depressant. And you could cause suicide. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's amazing. He began to tell me these things about alcohol. The opposite, Paul says, when we're full of the Holy Spirit can bring us right out of that. Isn't that good? It's the attitude. And then lastly, what else does alcohol affect? He says, your tongue, your attitude. And then he says, next verse, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. That's your behavior. We all know what this thing does. It will affect your tongue. It will affect your attitude. And it will definitely, definitely affect your behavior. And he says, I want your behavior You can be influenced by the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. What I love about this is that Paul is not like writing something like he had it all together. Let me remind you what we just read was from a man. Are you ready? Are you ready? Who was locked in prison when he wrote this. So he's not like on top of the mountain, just hit the lottery, and he has no problems in the world, and everything is just peachy king. No, this man is in a Roman prison, and he's writing this letter talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, having joy, talking to one another, submitting to one another. He was just beaten. He was just, he's handcuffed. He's being lied to. He's being disrespected. Every ministry he goes to start, the Pharisees and the Judaizers come behind him and say, that dude is crazy, and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. I mean, he had to fight that all of his life, but yet he writes and he tells us, I got a secret weapon for you, a secret weapon for you to overcome. Let's bring it in today, a secret weapon to overcome 2022 when the world is falling apart. Paul says, you don't need to run to a bottle. You don't need to run to a pill. You don't need to run to a website. You don't need to run to this, to that. Be filled. Don't take a sip. Be filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And be filled again. And be filled again. And let the Holy Spirit just fill you. You know, I was thinking earlier today, wow, God, how awesome you are, how I have felt You know, we all go through life when we feel like this every week. I have times during the week, usually after I preach, the black dog of depression will come, as Smith Wigglesworth said. It does because you empty yourself when you preach and you minister. And so a lot of times I just like Mondays, not all the time, but sometimes Mondays is like, man, I just feel empty in that. And just if I watch the news or anything and I'm feeling like that, it's just as magnified. Everybody experiences that. And you have those whispers in your mind. You have all of this stuff going on. But I've always been able to just go to God and just think, read my, when I read the word, when I start just reflecting on the service, it don't take much. And what, what am I doing? What Paul later said, stirring it up. But I've been doing it so long, it's like I almost forgot how it was without the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to ask everybody here tonight, you're spirit-filled and you're walking with the God. Do you, Remember, can you remember the time when you didn't have the Holy Spirit? See, sometimes we have the Holy Spirit for so long, we can't remember those days. It's like, imagine your life without cell phones. 
everybody here remembers the life without cell phones, but it's really like, yeah. We were talking the other day, and someone said, yeah, yeah. And uh, we text, and, and we met up, and then someone else said, wait a minute. That was in 1990. There was no text messages in those days. And he was like, oh, yeah. But it's become such a part of our life that we even thought we've been texting since we were in fifth grade. No, 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 no. I even had the cell phone when the option was texting. I was like, what's texting? Ain't nobody going to text. I don't want that option. I had that cell phone. Remember that? So many of you did too. But we've become so accustomed to it, we can't even imagine our life without it. Let's not get too familiar to go way back to that first message that I had, that we get familiar with all of this, that we don't practice it. No, no, no. Let's regularly, daily, weekly, whatever your gauge is like, get into a rhythm This is how we're going to make it in 2022 and whatever else is coming. Because if this Bible is correct, which I believe it is, it'll get a little bit better, but it's going to get worse. It'll get a little bit better, then it's going to get worse. That's just what the Bible teaches. Have you noticed it's been doing that over the last 10, 20, 30 years? It's going to get a little better. So how do we stay sane? By staying full. Not of this stuff. This is chai tea, by the way, okay? It's not Jack Daniels. Everyone's like, I want, I want to see him take a sip. But staying full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Ephesians 5. You came upon Holy Spirit. You came upon Paul 2,000 years ago. A little earlier than that, in, in a prison, and had him write not knowing that in 2022 we would be learning and getting insight and revelation for our modern day from that time. Only by your spirit can that happen. I pray, God, for everyone listening tonight that we would regularly empty ourselves so you can fill us afresh. And I just wonder right now, if you're listening to me on the podcast or right here in your chairs, if you would just put your heads bowed, just lift your hands like as a posture of surrender I like what Gary said earlier palms up I love that just not holding anything back Holy Spirit you've been speaking to us tonight on this little Wednesday night Bible study but it's so such a powerful word it can change the trajectory of our future whenever we listen to the word like this anointed and taught word that your spirit is right here with us. I pray, God, for every believer that is hungry for more. God, that you would give us more. And God, even for those that maybe not be that hungry right now, God, that you would begin to create an appetite in us for more and more and more of your spirit. We would find ourselves tomorrow and Friday and Saturday leading up to Pentecost Sunday, spending alone time with you, maybe in our car in the parking lot or at home in our bedroom or back porch. And and Lord, we would just get in this posture again with our palms up and sitting down and ask you to fill us. Hallelujah. Just do that right now in your seat. Just ask him to fill you right now. Say, Holy Spirit, just fill me fresh. Fill me fresh. I empty myself right now. I empty myself of the doubt, the worry, the anxiety, the fear. Oh, God, I, as you said, Jesus, I can't add one inch to my height. I can't, I can't change anything with my worry and my fear. So I give it to you right now. God, I trade you for my fear and my worry for another drink of the Holy Spirit. 
Fill us fresh, Lord. Fill us fresh, Lord, I pray. I pray over a river of life, God. Every person under the umbrella of our church, Lord, that, God, you would just build this anticipation. As the youth are talking about it tonight, I pray that we will spread the word that we're leading up to Pentecost Sunday. And this Sunday, Father, we would experience you in such a real and deeper way than we ever have. And I pray that in the name of Jesus for our church, Lord, fill us, fill us, Lord, every one of us, God. In Jesus' name. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.